Are you in the fire right now? Are you being faced with a financial crisis, a relational, marital, or some other fiery crisis that's coming to crush you? Today, we're going to be talking about five ways that people get taken out by the fire of crisis and five ways to conquer crisis right here, right now on the Supernaturalist Podcast Show. Welcome to the Supernaturalist Podcast Show, where emerging revivalists and extraordinary leaders share inspirational experiences that will help take you to a higher level. Now here's your host, Darren Stott. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Supernaturalist Podcast Show. My name is Darren Stott, lead pastor at a church called Seattle Revival Center. Check us out online at seattlerevivalcenter.com. Author of a book called Pattern Interrupt. You can pick up yours at Amazon. Founder of Supernaturalist Ministries. Check out my website. It's my name. It's darrenstott.com. Today's show is brought to you by SupernaturalParents.com. If you're a mommy, a daddy, and it's your desire to raise up little children, little supernaturals who are walking in the ways of heaven, who love Jesus, are engaging with the angelic and doing the stuff. If that's your heart, check out these 12 tips for supernatural parenting at supernaturalparents.com. Awesome. Now, the purpose of this podcast is to connect, equip, and promote emerging supernaturalists on a global level. And I trust that that's why you're listening to the show. Today, we're going to be talking about conquering crisis. So, uh, if you are in it right now, if you are in a crisis, you're like, what, what, what's a crisis? Well, if you're in the midst of a flame and you don't necessarily know what to do, do. Your problem is a little bit beyond you. You say, I'm in the fire. I'm in the financial fire. I'm in, uh, I'm having marital difficulties right now. Um, uh, I, I just, I'm having relational problems right now. If you're in the midst of the fiery flame, then this is the show for you. And a part of me wants to say, awesome. Uh, and the reason why I want to say awesome is because biblically and historically throughout the Old Testament, crisis was always an opportunity for intimacy to be developed, for the people of God to get to know the character and nature, the attributes, to experience the mighty right arm of God on their behalf. And I, so I believe that if you're in the midst of the flame right now, this is an awesome opportunity for God to show up and show off. I believe it's the Chinese character for crisis that actually is two words and it means great opportunity. So if you're in a crisis, then the good news is, is that the crisis is a two part word, great opportunity. It's a great opportunity for God to show up. Now, um, we're going to be talking about um, a crisis within uh, organizations or organizational crisis because I know that there's a lot of leaders um, that listen to this podcast, a lot of pastors that listen to this podcast, CEOs, managers, uh, mommies and daddies uh, that listen to this podcast. And so we're going to be talking about 
organizational crisis in leadership and how to lead in the midst of that of that burning flame. But we're also going to talk about personal crisis because really the things that we're talking about um, are applicable to either organizational crisis or to personal crisis. But when it comes to my own story, coming into Seattle Revival Center at the age of 27 years old, my first year of ministry, we cl- we quickly learned that we were um, going that we were experiencing or about to experience um, kind of an unexpected deficit financially. In fact, it kind of snuck up on us. There was some some things that happened uh, within the accounting where all of a sudden we had this aha moment where we realized that um, we weren't uh, we weren't doing as good as what we thought. And so we immediately got together as a board of elders to begin assessing the problem and discussing um, the problem in a place of prayer and just in a place of strategic conversation. The Lord gave us the wisdom um, to walk through that crisis and to lead our church um, into this place of really financial prosperity. And that was God's grace. That was completely the Lord. But I was so blessed to be surrounded by a group of passionate God-fearers, <laughs> to be surrounded by seasoned leaders, by mature fathers and mothers. I was surrounded by these guys because um, if I had to do this alone, um that would have been incredibly overwhelming. So let's start off right now by talking about five ways that people get taken out by the fire of crisis. Number one, when you ignore the flames, when you say there's no problem, you know, some people say that ignorance is bliss, but the truth is that ignorance will get you killed. <laughs> so the first thing that we need to talk about, the, the first way that people get taken out by crisis is when they ignore the problem. Now, this works well for personal issues, for marital issues, um, especially for dudes. You know, oftentimes within dudes, um, our spouse can bring up a problem over and over and over again. And sometimes men have a way uh, to kind of make their wives feel silly for even bringing up a problem. And sometimes guys don't want to necessarily talk about a problem or address the problem because they think in doing so, it's going to illuminate them as being the source of the problem. And that's embarrassing. So sometimes within marriages, um, good marriages can oftentimes lead to uh, divorce, you know, and, 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 and horrible marriages, not because they, they weren't meant to be together, not because the couple wasn't meant to be, but oftentimes, because when when the sparks turned into little flames, one of the parties was unable to humble themselves to acknowledge the seriousness of the problem. So it's so important that upon the first manifestation, the first flickers of crisis, that we take it seriously. Um, that we acknowledge the small flames before they turn into forest fires. Number two, the second way that people get taken out by crisis is when they isolate. When the thought comes, there's no one who would understand what I'm going through. Um, That what I'm going through, that what I'm being faced with, this is so embarrassing. And so from this place of shame, we dive into this place of secrecy and isolation. And that's the second way that people get taken out by the fire of crisis. 
The third way that people get taken out by the fire of crisis is through fear. So when you panic, okay, when you panic, when you lose your head, when it seems like a a solution is literally impossible, that people who panic often try to find the closest window and jump out of the window no matter what floor of the building they're actually on. And so it's so important that when you smell the smoke and you and you see the flame and you realize you're in the middle of a burning building that you don't lose your head, all right? And uh, and that you don't panic. Number 4, When you dismiss everyone and you make an impulse decision, you take control over the crisis. What's at the heart of that? Pride. It's that place when you say, I know best. I'll take care of this. And then you engage really in a place of isolation, um, but it's, it's, it's public isolation. It's in front of everybody you're engaging with everything, but you're doing it alone. The isolated leader. And the fifth way that people get taken out by crisis is when they just quit. And oftentimes quitting looks like the most practical and reasonable solution. And yet many, many people quit and they disengage with a journey that was given to them from the Lord. And because the level of difficulty, because the slope got so steep that people figured this must not be God, because if this was actually God, it wouldn't be so difficult. The fifth way that people get taken out by crisis is when the crisis wins. Because remember, the crisis comes to crush, (laughs) to crush you, to crush your soul, to crush your spirit. And when you quit, the crisis wins. So then how do we conquer crisis? All right. Number one, you address the first signs of the fire that when you smell the smoke, when you smell the flame, you take it seriously. Okay. Number two, you say no to shame. You declare this trial won't define me. And so when you smell the flame, what do you do? You dial 911 or 999 and you get professional help. You seek wisdom. Proverbs 12, 15 says that there's a way that the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. The first thing that I did uh, within this uh, financial crisis within our church is we assembled. We assembled as a team and together we begin collaborating and getting creative with the Holy Spirit in order to walk out a solution. Number three, the third way to conquer crisis is don't partner with demonic fear. You don't panic. You're going to make it. There's always a solution. There's always hope. In fact, why don't you declare this over yourself right now? Say, there's always a solution. There's always hope. I'm not going to panic. The decisions that we make when we are the most terrified are the worst decisions that we'll ever make. I was terrified, so I sold all my stock and I lost all that money. I was terrified, so I ended the relationship and I got a divorce. I was terrified, so I quit my job. I was terrified, so I sold my house. The decisions that we make when we're terrified are always the worst decisions. Don't make decisions 
when you are underneath that spirit of demonic fear. Okay, just just make that decision right now. Make the decision to not make decisions when you're terrified. Number four, say no to your pride and assemble your round table. Assemble your team of extraordinary minds. Where there's no guidance, people fall. But in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. That's Proverbs eleven fourteen. I have the honor of working with several different nonprofits. One of the uh, nonprofits that I serve on the board of is looking at um, a deficit budget right now that is quite significant. Um, and it's because of the economy. It's because of um, all kinds of different factors. But the, this particular nonprofit does not exist within the church world. And what's so incredible is that because we're right at the very beginning of smelling the smoke and seeing the little flames, that we were able to communicate the problem right off the bat. Um, And we were able to communicate it to the people that should be a part of the conversation. And we were able to assemble a team of people um, from... You know, uh, a team of people that have held this organization within their heart that have been around some of some of which since the very beginning and and other people like myself that are newer to the table just more in the last six or seven years. But we came together not to solve the problem, but to begin talking about the problem. Honestly, we don't really have any solutions right now, but what we know is that we can't ignore this fire. We have to begin talking about this fire and together within the abundance of counselors, there is safety in the first way and the fifth way. I'm sorry. The fifth way to crush crisis is to stay engaged. You don't quit. You stay engaged. And within the context of community, it's far easier to stay engaged. You don't feel so overwhelmed. You don't feel so defeated because you know you're surrounded with a bunch of people, surrounded by a bunch of people that are seeking a solution, collaborating together to find a remedy, (laughs) to find a cure. There's hope. There's safety in the abundance of counselors. And you can make that 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 fifth that fifth thing is I'm not going to quit. I'm going to stay engaged. I'm not going to file for bankruptcy. I'm going to stay engaged. I'm not going to sell my home. I'm going to stay engaged. I'm not going to quit this marriage. I'm going to stay engaged. I'm not going to give up on my children. I'm going to stay engaged. It's so important that when we're in the midst of a crisis, that when we're in the fire of the crisis, that we remember There are supernatural solutions and there are natural solutions. And within the abundance of counselors, we begin seeking after those two kinds of solutions, spiritual solutions and natural solutions. I say spiritual solutions in the sense that we should, um, within the right uh, group of people who think this way and process this way, to begin discerning the root, to begin discerning the source of the fire, and that we can begin to create an intercessory strategy so that we can begin addressing this thing with an air war. The air war is is taking spiritual solutions and applying them at 30,000 feet. And then number two, we begin the ground war, those natural and practical solutions, those things that you can begin implementing and doing right now. When it came to Seattle Revival Center, we 
developed a prayer strategy. We assembled a prayer meeting. We began praying. We began engaging in that air war. We also took it to the people. We expressed the problem. We said, this is no need to panic, but we just need to communicate to you what's going on. And we need to communicate to you how we're praying. And we need to communicate to you our plan to walk this thing out. There were spiritual solutions. There were natural solutions. There was a whole list of things that the Lord gave to me as far as how to pray and a whole list of things that the Father gave to me as far as things that I needed to begin doing within the context of of community. But what I found was that, and I believe this to be true, was that that financial crisis right at the very, very beginning, back in 2009, 2010, it was one of the best things that ever happened to us as an organization because we had to cut our budget and we had to be more creative. We had to say, we're not going to, we're not going to lessen our level of influence within the community. We're not going to pull back. We're going to advance, but instead of just writing checks, we're going to be creative. We're going to be creative with our energy, with our talents and with our abilities that just because we don't have as much money doesn't mean that we're going to pull back. We are, we are going to advance, but we're going to, we're going to have to be far more intentional to as to how as to how we're actually doing ministry and i believe that that little financial crisis that we had was one of the best things that happened to us within our organization and i believe the same thing to be true personally that some of the craziest crises that i've ever had to walk through that these things have made me who i am today the last thing i want to hit on within crushing crisis is the importance of action and accountability don't be silly, okay? You, you need to know that this is going to take some time. Oftentimes people think that they're going to get a spiritual breakthrough in a time of prayer and that tomorrow everything's going to go back to the way that it was. But if this is a serious crisis that you're in, then you need to recognize this is going to take some time, that this isn't just a dark day, but this is a season that you're going to have to walk out. Therefore, if you're going to consult with the abundance of counselors, one time is not enough. And I'm going to repeat myself, one meeting is not enough. Don't be presumptuous. Ask yourself the question, when will we meet again and schedule your next meeting? Hey, schedule your next two meetings. And then ask yourself the question, what will you be working on until you meet again? And the people that have made the commitment to process this with you and to walk through this with you, what will they be working on until you meet again? Write it out, get it on paper, send it out in an email so that everybody has the same clear future and that you're all working on this crisis together. It's also important, speaking of a clear future, to figure out how long is this season going to be and put an expiration date on it. What is a reasonable amount of time to figure this thing out? Write that date out. I so believe in a clear future. And it's so important that you have a, uh, 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 an expiration date when you will know that you're going to be walking out of this wilderness season. I do, <laughs> look, I know that, um, that there are certain crises that aren't this practical, that are so completely out of our control and our ability, our ability to 
uh, collaborate and innovate can't necessarily fix certain crises and situations. So I know the stuff that I'm giving to you works more on a financial level and yet why not take a stab at it and why not engage your faith and ask the Lord for an expiration date. Maybe you've been sick. Maybe you've been sick for a long, long time. Ask the Lord, hey, God, when would you like to see me absolutely free of this? Maybe it's this time next year and you begin declaring over yourself by this time next year, I will not be sick any longer. Why not? Go for it. Assign an expiration date to that debt that you've been in. Assign an expiration date to those marital problems that have been unresolved, right? You assign the expiration date and then you begin to apply your strategic process. We're gonna begin going to counseling once a week. We got one year to figure this thing out so that we can get beyond our crisis and begin being kingdom ambassadors, sons and daughters on the earth. And the last thing is, I think it's a good idea to ask the question, who else is needed within this conversation? Is there a particular type of person? Do you need a pastor? Do you need a lawyer? Do you need a dietitian or a doctor? Who else is needed? Who else should be a part of this conversation? And then you begin that conversation with your friends, your family. <laughs> Maybe it's even Yelp. But you reach out and you find those professionals, those people that possess the wisdom that you need to crush this crisis. And I believe that it is the Father's desire to see you come out of the wilderness and to see you step into a land of promise. And so know this, that no matter what you're going through, that God is with you, that this crisis is not punishment from God. He's not punishing you for something that you did in the past. That crisis is just a great opportunity for God to show up and to flex his fatherly faithfulness within this place of feeling like life is just a little bit out of your control. And know this, that when it's all said and done, you will see that God is good, that God is faithful. You will know from experience who God really is and you'll have a greater glimpse of who you are in Him because of how you walked this thing out with great integrity, that you walked through the flame. It came to pass and not to remain. So know that God is good, He is faithful, He, has work, he is at work within your life. Please let me know if this spoke to you. Please let me know even what you're going through so I can be praying for you. Know that I'm cheering you on. Tweet me, Facebook me. Hey, send me off an email. And if you do me a huge fav, go a favor, go on to the iTunes store for this podcast. Um, you can get there quickly by this shortcut, thedarrenshow.com. You'll see a little thing there where it says reviews. You can rate and review this um, podcast. And what that'll do is that will help other people out who have perhaps never even heard of me. They'll read the review. They'll see the rating. They'll say, oh, that sounds kind of cool. Maybe I should check it out. So if you would do that, I don't know who will do that. But if you would do that, that would be super cool of you. Hey, love you guys. And we'll talk real soon.